0: Anger Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. Thank you so much. Before I tell you a little bit more about myself and our story, I just want to start by saying that I come before you today as a mum who doesn't really have it all together, and I may just happen to live in a country on the other side of the world most of the time, but I do spend most of my time at home with my kids and at least cooking and cleaning up after them. I definitely need God's Spirit every day just to help me even not to be short-tempered, especially when I'm tired and hungry. God is teaching me to rely on him more and more every day. He is so faithful. And even though I feel like I mess up most days, I'm just so glad for for God and how he just is so faithful to me. I'm a local girl. I grew up just down the road in Donnickadie. And I feel very blessed to have been brought up in a Christian home I heard about missions from an early age. I became a Christian when I was nine years old. And when I was about 12, I started to have a real sense that God would one day have me work overseas. I went to school in donnick and later went to Regent House in Newton-Ards. And I chose to study physiotherapy, as Jenny was saying, knowing just that it might be a useful skill to have Wherever God would have me, overseas, wherever He would send me. Uh, Through my upper teenage years, um, as I went to university at Jordanstown to study, I I loved to come home to Donnacadie at the weekends, and I often escaped to go for a walk. I loved to go out first thing in the morning. Um, My favourite place to walk and to pray was Orlock Point between Donnacadie and Groomsport just along the road from my parents' house. And I felt like I could get away from lots of life's distractions there as I walked around the headland and just had some really sweet times with the Lord there. I'm always inspired when I can see God's creation around me. And several times just while I was um, walking and thinking about the Lord there, I um, sensed God speaking to me. One time during a very busy time at university, I sat on top of a tall rock there and poured out my heart to the Lord about how I wished that I had more time to go walking, to do fun things in the mountains, like some of my friends who were in the hiking club are doing different things at university. But Paul and I were very involved with the Christian Union and we were just very busy um, doing evangelism and um, reaching out to people at the university. And I felt like God spoke to me very clearly and gave me a sense that one day when we are in heaven we will have eternity to climb mountains and to enjoy his creation. And that has just always stuck with me. I sensed him saying now is the time to tell others of the hope that you have in me. And that's just been an encouragement to me that one day we will um, have eternity to to rest and to enjoy things. Not that we don't enjoy things um, now in this life, but now is a time to to go and to to use our time wisely and to tell others of Him. Another time, I was walking through around the same headland through a wheat field on top of um, Orlock Point, and um, I was really struck by the huge amount of wheat waiting to be harvested there and it just reminded me of the passage in scripture that talks about the fields being white onto harvest. So many people are needing to hear about our Lord and I was freshly challenged to go and to join the labourers on the field helping to bring in the harvest. And so I continued with my degree in physiotherapy I loved working with the international students there at the university and in my spare time um, I had the opportunity to lead some Taiwanese girls in a Bible study. It was the first time I'd done anything like that, so it was very much out of my comfort zone. And we studied through the Gospel of Luke. And none of them came to faith through that. They were I could see they were interested. But um, later when I attended Bible college and... Um, studied through the chronological teaching and how new tribes would go about teaching people who know nothing of the Lord, Um, I realized that maybe when I had been um, sharing with the girls, if I had studied through from Genesis, through the story of the Old Testament, just how God has laid it out in his word, perhaps they would have had a much clearer picture of who God was and why they needed Jesus to die for them. And I feel like God used all of these experiences and many more to help to prepare me for working with New Tribes Mission in Papua New Guinea. Paul and I met at university and um, before we got married, we decided that we should go on a short term mission trip. As we were both keen to pursue missions long term, but neither of us had actually been overseas anywhere um, on a mission trip. So we joined an NTM summit team and went for three weeks to the Philippines. And we were really, very struck at that time by the many needs, not only on the front line in church planting, but also behind the scenes in support ministries. They needed teachers and office workers, supply buyers, cooks, guest house managers, medical workers, and the list went on. And I think we knew that there were needs in support, but not the extent of it to keep people out on the front line. So we got married in 2001 and received wise advice from some missionaries who had been on the field previously to stay in our own culture for at least a year and just get used to married life and that was that was good advice. After this we started praying in earnest about where God would have us work and the Lord brought to our attention a large mission base in Papua New Guinea They needed a PE teacher, which is what Paul was trained for, and a physiotherapist. And as soon as we heard of this need, we just felt that it was right for us to go. So in 2003, in August, we headed out to PNG, which is above Australia. You can see here on the map where it is, really about as far away from here as you can get. (laughs) You can see a closer picture there. And we're based right... Pretty much in the centre there close to the P of Papua New Guinea near a town called Garoka and it's right up in the highlands which makes it ideal as a headquarters base because it's a lot cooler up there and um, yeah really lovely climate and no malaria which is great. So we served there <clears throat> in a support role for two years. Um, Paul is a PE teacher and I as a physio in the medical clinic. In the highlands of PNG. And we returned to the UK um, to become full time members with new tribes. Our two years on the field really helped us to see where we fitted best on the mission field. We spent two years attending the NTM training in England, one year of Bible college, followed by a year of cross cultural communications training. Uh, We had our first two children during that time and then we headed back to PNG when Amy, our second, was nine months old. And since then, we've completed a three-year term and a further four-year term on the field. So this is our family fairly recently and um, yeah, they're just getting ready to go to school here. We're here for the next year um, and we yeah are excited for them to experience life back at home and they are so excited to be here with their grandparents and um just to to see Northern Ireland which we talk about so much but yeah they are have limited knowledge of especially our four-year-old because we took her out after the last time we were home and she was only um six months old at that point so I want to tell you a little bit more just about PNG and where we work um this is a picture of the mission base that we work on, and it is one of the largest mission bases, even worldwide, I think. And um, it contains school, medical clinic, um, our support headquarters office, um, we have finance office, we have a store, we have a homeschool resource centre, we have a dental clinic, and I'm probably forgetting some, like centre maintenance for obviously when you have 67 houses on a base, there's a fair bit of maintenance that needs to go on there as well, just to keep things running smoothly. So it's a big support centre, um, and the reason for that is that PNG is very underdeveloped. It's an, PNG is an island nation, about four times the size of the British Isles, has a population of about eight million. And has approximately 860 different languages. That is 17% of all the languages in the world. I mean, that's just crazy to think of that in such a small place. Um, very mountainous country. And most people in those tribal remote places, they live in fear of the spirits. And that is very real to them. As I'm sure many of you know, those who have lived overseas. Yeah, it's... um, A scary place to live at times. Um, They have very animistic beliefs. Hundreds of remote people groups still exist in Papua New Guinea who have never heard what God has done for them and that is why there are so many missionaries in Papua New Guinea. That's why there's such a need because there are so many people who have never heard the good news. So my husband works in the school, and that's his main ministry. He's a PE teacher by trade, but he also um, works in the classroom and um, teaches history and Bible um, and even a comparative politics class this last year. He works in the high school, but there's also um, a primary part of the school as well, and our kids attend there. You can see him there out in the sports field. So my main ministry, obviously, apart from being at home with my family and my kids, is working in the clinic, and I've been able to work there um, two mornings a week this past year. Um, we see all sorts of physio patients coming in, sore necks and backs, and sports injuries, and rehab sometimes after people have been away, maybe for surgery in different places our clinical team we would have about two doctors except of course when one's home on furlough three to five nurses um we have a clinic manager we have an x-ray technician at times um our nurses usually are the ones that help out in the labs and order for the pharmacy and um between them and the doctors they work as pharmacists in effect and um we also have clerical staff that keep us running smoothly, and yeah, myself working there part-time too. Just wanna to show you a couple more pictures just of the clinic, just to give you a little bit of an idea of what it's like. If you know, That's actually my husband lying there. He ate a um, ham and salad sandwich at a meeting in our local town, and yeah, it was a little worse for that. This is a, the physio room that I work in, which is a great space where I can just have some privacy just to work with people one-on-one, and this is our reception area, and our waiting room is beyond the windows there, and our pharmacy area, and where the nurses fill the orders. I want to tell you about this um, very special patient of mine. This little boy is called Gwandambi, and he comes from a very remote tribal area called Simbari. Where some of our missionaries work and about three years ago he developed a little cut on his leg that went turned into a very severe leg infection and um, on this x-ray you can see a very strange shaped bone and that's actually his leg his femur bone which really turned so soft that he couldn't weight bear anymore and he um, yeah then yeah it was it was very difficult to get rid of the infection he couldn't walk Um, and eventually our missionaries flew him out to one of the local hospitals to see if he could get um, further treatment but even they couldn't clear the infection so thankfully there was a Polish doctor at another hospital where he was transferred to who actually was able to um, put some external fixation on his leg and after about nine months of having a lot of metalware all around his um, femur his bone actually formed again but in a kind of a C shape rather than straight so um, when he then was able to wait bear, the doctors said he was able to come for some physiotherapy. And he would have, at that stage, been an outpatient and had to travel an hour or more on our very crazy roads to go for his appointment. So the... The missionary who worked in his area arranged for him to come and see me instead and um, it's just been a privilege to be able to work with him to try and improve the range of motion in his knee which was very very limited and um, just to get him back up on his feet and able to walk independently again and i was so pleased before we left um, just a few months ago he was able to, yeah, give away his crutches and have just a stick to walk with. And although his leg is still quite significantly shorter, we were trying to find um, how we could adjust that without having proper orthotics in country. So we got him wearing one shoe and not wearing a shoe on the other foot to even up his leg length a bit. And now he is flown back into his tribal area reunited with his family and friends after almost three years out. and um yeah just to ask you to pray for him his name's guandambi and he's hoping to be able to walk to school on a monday and come back on a friday at a local town you know maybe four hours walk each way <laughs> Um, twice a week so yeah an amazing little boy and I think that the Lord has big things for him his dad's actually a bible teacher in the church and he would love to follow in his father's footsteps and has a real story to tell knowing that God saved his leg and um, just has a job for him this is where I spend most of my time when I'm on the base that's our house (laughs) and um, yeah as a mum that's where I am and being in a third world country we don't have a whole lot of um ready-made meals or um easy options for dinner so i spend a lot of time making things from scratch but enjoy that and um enjoy trying to um get my kids involved where i can just in helping out in the kitchen too and um, this is our local market at the gate and um enjoy going down there a couple of times a week just to get fresh produce usually pick the same day from um local gardens, and um, the people come and sell, and it's a joy to be able to, yeah, just support them in that, and get some lovely vegetables too. This is a dear friend called She comes and helps me a couple of times a week in the house, and yeah, it's just a real blessing just to have time with her, and she just loves our kids and our kids love her and um she is a lovely christian woman who really um just feels like it's a ministry to the lord herself just being able to work with some of the ladies on the base and it's been good just to be able to hopefully encourage her in her faith as well we were actually able to through a a very kind um supporter of ours who sent out a gift to us we were able to. put a water tank in beside her house in this last year and that was just a huge way just to be able to bless their whole community we just knew that she and her husband have such a heart for their community that just having fresh water um, on tap uh, would be a great resource these are some of the ladies on the base obviously all of us are away from family and very um yeah that's one of the hardest things to be away from family but because of that we have great fellowship together because we're all in the same boat and we meet together for ladies fellowship for those of us who are able to to get along once a week and some of us would meet for different ladies bible studies at times and I have the privilege of meeting up with the lady on the left for just to pray with her once a week and yeah, it's, it's a blessing that the fellowship and the community of living with people who are like-minded and um, just there all with, with one mission in mind. One of the things the ladies have, were able to do these last few years is at Christmas time we all bake um, our favorite Christmas cookies or whatever we would choose and bring a plate each and then we make up a little gift box for each of our tribal church planting um, families and we make up lots and lots of boxes and send them out on our mission planes so that sometime around Christmas whenever there are flights going in the ladies who don't have many other people to fellowship with um, out in their remote locations um, can have a little Christmas treat. One of the other areas that I really enjoy is just being able to have people over to our own home um, and just to provide a meal for them. Often our um, tribal families come out for a break to our mission centre, or sometimes they're out for medical reasons, and um, where we're able to, we have them over for a meal and just have a chance to, to catch up with them and to encourage them, and that encourages us too, just hearing about what God is doing in those places. This is Lydia here, beside lots of big bags, all full up of... Blankets. One of our tribal groups decided. Some of the missionaries decided they wanted to bless the people in their local village by um, using some of their finances to buy a blanket for each of the um, families in their local area. Just a practical way. It gets very quite cold actually at night time in the mountains. So. some of the ladies on our base, I was able to help coordinate just to get them to go out to the second-hand stores, which are very prevalent in our area, and to buy enough blankets. Probably, I think we ended up buying about 200 blankets, um, and we sent them out as well on our mission helicopter out to their area. One other thing that I ended up doing um, in the, a, a couple of years ago now Amy's teacher um, went home for about three months and that left the first grade class without a teacher for a term. So um, as mums, we were all asked if we would homeschool our our first graders. So that was a challenge. I'm definitely not a teacher, but it ended up just being a real blessing being able to spend some one-on-one time with Amy and we had a really fun time. God has been so faithful to us through the years we have seen him provide for our needs in so many ways and as we stepped out in faith with him as we gave up our salaries and our house in Donnickety he has been so faithful we have seen him provide for our Papua New Guinean friends too when they have had nothing left this past year we experienced Quite a severe drought in PNG. People's crops dried up in the ground. PNG folk don't have store cupboards of food. In fact, their houses are almost empty. Just Most of them would just have a mud floor, a fireplace in the middle, a couple of bags hanging up maybe beside the window, and a mat or a few mats to sleep on. They Their produce that they grow in their gardens... Um, is the main source of food that they eat day by day. So when their gardens fail, they go hungry. Last year, things got to a point where everything dried up and withered and there was nothing left really to eat in their gardens apart from a few green leaves. And even there, their their local streams running down into the main river, they, they dried up. And they used those streams as the place where they wash themselves where they wash their clothes where they wash their dishes they use it for drinking water as well and yeah it was heartbreaking to see them losing just even their source of water close by but we saw an amazing thing just when they were running out of food in fact some of them in more remote places we heard were really got to a point of starvation they were actually searching for any roots in the ground, ones that they wouldn't normally eat, but just for nourishment, they were digging up those roots and eating them. But just at that time, hundreds of mango trees right across the country started producing a bumper crop of mangoes like we had never seen before. And it was amazing to see. We heard stories of mango trees that had not produced fruit for 40 years laden down with fruit and it was explained to us that mango trees need a dry period to help them to produce and I just thought that was amazing that God created mango trees in that special way to provide nourishment for the people when they needed it most and it it just it really got me thinking you know in our lives sometimes we see a similar pattern don't we God sometimes allows us to go through hard times or to go through dry periods in our lives to bring forth fruit in us. Sometimes we learn through the hard times, don't we? More than whenever we're comfortable. I love what Psalm 42, verse 5 and 11 remind us to do in these times. And it's repeated twice in, within the Psalm Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Saviour and my God. We live in a world where we see hurt and pain all around us, don't we? We experienced this close at hand a couple of years ago when one of our new pilots was involved in a terrible motorcycle accident where both his legs got run over. You may have heard the story of John Liedel. He ended up needing to have one of his legs amputated, and that was just heartbreaking. (laughs) He spent months, I think four months, before he was even able to get a prosthetic leg, just recovering from the surgery and infections. And months after that, Exercising just to, to be able to walk again with that prosthetic leg. He told me that he, he is a very motivated and driven person. And He said that um, at times he worked for 10 hours a day exercising and trying to get himself strong enough to be able to, to walk. And not only strong enough to walk, but strong enough to fly airplanes again because he was determined that um, God would have him fly airplanes again. And it was just amazing to see them coming back to the field, even after such a horrific accident. That's God, isn't it? Bringing forth much fruit. He even allowed John to recover so amazingly that only 14 months after his accident, um, he came back to PNG. And he is already flying our planes, and he's due actually to become our chief pilot in the near future. I wish I had time to tell you of some, so many more stories of God's faithfulness. Even in these past four years, we've seen it again and again. People receiving food by miraculous means. Others taking heartbreaking circumstances and yet seeing God in the midst of them people losing loved ones, young mother dying and leaving her kids behind, others suffering sickness and cancer, some seeing healing, others proclaiming God's faithfulness through their ongoing trials. Our God is faithful, isn't he? Even through the darkest circumstances. And like the psalmist, let us put our hope in God. Let us praise him, for he is our saviour and our God. He will not let us down. For Paul and I, probably the biggest step of faith when we decided to move to the mission field was believing God would provide for all our needs. And God has faithfully done that for us these past 13 years. And that has been amazing to experience to live that life of having to really depend on God, I would recommend it to anyone. Most recently, we prayed about accommodation, a house for our family to live in over this year that we're home. And God has worked that out for us amazingly, to be able to rent a house from a previous pastor of ours. The house is situated on the headland at Orlock. And that for me is just very special. (laughs) My special place where I love to walk and to pray. And I believe that that's God's heart for us. He wants us to be in constant communion with him. He wants to bless us. He wants to teach us through whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. Let us put our hope in God because he is so faithful. Hmm.